Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals and ask them to share their best advice ever. From deal syndicators to wholesalers, flippers, property managers, pest inspectors, and everyone in between. It's the best ever advice and none of the fluff. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Angelo Ramora. Hi, Angelo. Good day, Joe. How are you? Doing well. And this is going to be a special treat for anyone interested in international investing and then also um, people who are interested in just how to quickly scale your business. Um, Angelo, as you'll notice through his accent, is from <laughs> Australia. And he invests in the United States, but he started investing in Australia, where he's from. He started with $40,000 in savings, bought his first house in Australia in 2011. And then six months later, he's purchased seven more homes, both in Australia and in the United States. And his portfolio is valued over a million dollars. So can you give the best ever listeners more background on how you got to this point and what you're focused on now? Sure can, Joe. Thanks. Well, mate, initially um, I started off working as a laborer in Australia on dirty construction sites and, um, you know, hard yakker, as we would say back home. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, receive a book from one of my colleagues, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and it just completely brainwashed me. Um, you know, I started focusing more on, on business and finance and, you know, finding a better way rather than, than laboring um, to make a living and make money. And, you know, I was, you know, doing a lot of personal development seminars, reading a lot of books, attending a lot of courses, um, meeting up with, you know, high net individuals and asking them a lot of questions, just learning as much as I could. And I managed to um, get a job with one of the most successful real estate gurus in Australia right now. And, um, you know, I was pretty much working side by side with him for a good year and a half. And, and he taught me a lot of the things that I know today. Um, you know, I worked for him as a buyer's agent, as a seller's agent, you know, negotiating on deals and, and you know, just doing everything and anything with him on a daily basis. And, you know, one thing kind of led to another. Um, and I, uh, you know, combined my construction knowledge and, you know, previous um, job with laboring and everything that I've learned through uh, uh, this particular guy with um, negotiating and, and buying properties. And, and that kind of led me to where I am today, flipping houses here in the U.S. You started with $40,000 in your savings. You bought your first place in Australia. Yeah. And then six months later, you have seven more homes. What's <laughs> the way that you're able to scale so quickly? Mate, well, pretty much what I did is I was buying properties that were below market value. Um, and I was renovating them. And once I would renovate them, I would knock on the bank's door and, you know, ask for the bank to refinance me out of that loan at 80% loan to value. And I would pretty much, you know, get a cash injection of around 40, 50 grand. And I would just repeat that same process. 
And, um, you know, that pretty much enabled me to, to build a very large portfolio in a short time frame, even though nowadays I kind of look back and I see that it wasn't a sustainable way of investing in real estate. I was very highly leveraged. Um, and, you know, I believe nowadays that it's all about cash flow um, and not so much basing your numbers on predictions that the property is going to go up in value more than what you're actually losing on the monthly mortgage repayments, right? So, yeah. When... When you're going to get the loan from the lenders, yeah, I know it's, uh, at least from what I've come across, if it's an investment property and not your primary residence, then they tend to be apprehensive of giving a loan out um, that is, you know, has those terms with the refinance. How did you find the right lenders to work with? Well, mate, look, it's a different world over there in Australia compared to here in the US. Um, for instance, when you get maxed out with one particular lender, um, you would just go to, to the other lender. In Australia, we've got five major banks that predominantly finance all of the residential and investment loans. So, you know, as I said, if, if one bank shuts the door on you and they don't, want, they, they don't want to give you any more money, you can just go knock on the other bank's door and see if, if they would be willing to finance any more properties. So that's pretty much what I did. Um, you know, I just went from one lender to another and, um, you know, that enabled me to, to, you know, grow the portfolio at a rapid pace. And how many of those homes are in the United States versus... Australia? Well, none of them were. Um, I later on uh, during that time when I was initially, you know, building my portfolio, um, I, you know, discovered, as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, it just wasn't a sustainable way of moving forward. And I, and I needed to buy more cash flowing properties like, you know, there's a lot here in the US. Um, so at the time, all of them were in Australia. But then later on, I bought two properties here in the US, one in Kansas City and another one in upper state New York. Got it. Okay, that makes Alrighty. sense. So you you uh, did the model that made the most sense in Australia, where you you come in, you renovate, you uh, add value, you do a refinance through the yep. Australian system, and then you came over here to the United States, bought a place in Kansas City. What'd you do with that place? Mate, bought it, fixed it, and just um, rented it out, and um, it was probably one of my best investments. Um, for the first 10 properties I bought, I would always brag that the Kansas City property was one of my favorite and best investments. And, you know, after I saw how attractive the numbers were here in the U.S., that, that also prompted me to start selling out of my Australian portfolio and just, you know, jump ship here and, and um, you know, move all of my funds to the U.S. market. What are the numbers behind the Kansas City property? Um, I think I picked that one up for, uh, if I can recall, for around $11,000. It was in a C-class area, um, and we put around 10000 into it, and it was renting for 600 a month. So, um, I mean, you, you can't beat a 25 30% um, cap rate, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, based on your experience, both in Australia and in the United States, focused on <laughs> single-family homes, um, are you still focused on single-family homes? Yes, that's that's our main business model here in Ohio. Um, you know, we're buying a lot of rundown, distressed single-family homes, fixing them up. You know, getting them tenanted and and even selling them to investors, or you know, we're holding as many as we can. But um, you know, I'm I'm also starting to look into more commercial deals, um, multifamily properties. Also, um, I'm just seeing a, a, you know a lot of great opportunities there, and um, you know, for pretty much the the same amount of work and effort, you know, it's just a much larger number. 
um, and bigger scale. Um, but um, you know, the, the the figures are also as attractive in in you know multifamily and commercial, and um, you know the bigger bigger numbers for the same amount of effort. So absolutely, yeah. So so based on your experience in um, currently with single family homes and uh, the flipping business that you have now. You mm-hmm. mentioned you're in Ohio. You have a place yeah. in Kansas City and upstate New York, and uh, mm-hmm. you're liquidating in Australia. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best advice I could give to anyone is focus on the trust and relationships uh, more than anything else and um, uh, conduct more due diligence on the people you're looking at working with rather than the stats and demographics of a particular area. So, you know, if, if anyone, whoever's listening to this show, you know, and I always like to um, uh, tell everyone that it's more important to focus on the people rather than the actual numbers in the deal and, and the actual demographics of the area. Once you have established the right connections on the ground, you know, from realtors to rehabbers to property managers to attorneys to accountants, whatever it is that you need to succeed in any particular market, even if it's a market where you live, um, you know, focus on the trust and relationships first before you actually start looking at the figures. Boy, I think that's just on point. I love that advice. I think that Thanks, we so often get caught up in the perfect market, but if we can't find the right team members uh, in that market, then the market is of no value to us. And the flip side is if we have a market that is okay, but mm-hmm. we have a really good team, then there's always opportunity in the market. It's just a matter of how you purchase that opportunity. Well, well, Joe, I always like to tell everyone, if you buy the best house in the best street with the best capital growth predictions, but the people looking after that property for you are incompetent and they're cheaters, you're going to lose money, right? And vice versa. I mean, I know guys making millions of dollars in the hood of Detroit. I mean, yes, their property manager collects their rent in a Hummer and, and, and shotguns, but they're trustworthy. They know what they're doing. They know the market and, you know, they, they pay out that investor. So, you know, it just comes down to really establishing that trust and relationship with, with people that are loyal, they're honest, they're not greedy, um, and, and um, you know, sky's the limit. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure am, mate. Far away. Best ever book you've read? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it? Um, mate, it would have to be eating a teaspoon of peanut butter <laughs> for breakfast and, and drinking two coffees a day, coffees a day to stay alive. Um, pretty much, you know, just taught me to never give up and that, um, you know, I'm in control of my destiny and just to keep moving forward and, and um, yeah, do whatever it takes to make it. Are you totally uh, abandoning peanut butter and jelly sandwiches now? Oh, mate, I haven't touched them. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you're, if your head ever gets too big, then you always know to go back to the peanut butter jar, right? right. I've still got two jars in the cupboard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Best ever success habit you practice? Um, uh, 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 I wake up to an opportunity clock, not an alarm clock. Um, and, um, I was once told by a very, very successful man. He said, wake up before everyone, go to sleep after everyone, work smarter, work harder. Is an opportunity clock a mindset or is that literally something that talks to you whenever you wake up about opportunities? Um, yeah, mate, I guess it's just more of, you know, when I hear that alarm go off, there's no snooze button. I mean, every, every second that I lose, 
of, of, you know, lying around in bed is just an opportunity lost. So it's an opportunity clock, you know, get, get, get out of bed and make it happen. And, you know, I, um, if I'm not in the office before 6.45 a.m. every morning, I think it's not going to be a good day. Even if it's at 6.46 a.m., I just don't feel fulfilled. So I've really got to get up and make it happen and get here before 6.45 a.m. Best ever deal you've done? Um, mate, that would have to be Australia's cheapest house. Um, bought it for 15 grand, rehabbed it for 15 grand, sold it for 85. I mean, it's just unheard of um, for the Australian real estate market. That's the cheapest house in Australia, fifteen grand. Fifteen thousand dollars, mate. As I said, you know, a lot of the media outlets picked up on it there just because it's it's unheard of. I mean, you've got a lot of cheapies here for two, three, four, five grand, but in Australia, I mean, a fifteen thousand dollar property is absolutely unheard of. So, yeah. Best ever quote. By far, mate, my best ever quote. It's impossible, said pride. It's risky, said experience. It's pointless. Says reason, give it a try, whisper the heart. I like that. Who said, who's attributed to that quote? Do you Mate, know? I am not sure. I remember reading it somewhere and um, I just, when I was reading it, I could, I could feel something within and I said, wow, this is me. Because, you know, every decision you make and, and every business venture you're looking at getting into, there's so many mind tricks that your mind is playing with you. But you know, my heart always whispers to me and, and kind of says to proceed or not to proceed. So, yeah. What's the best ever place to reach you? Mate, you can contact me um, via Google. So if anyone Googles my name, Angelo Rumora, I pretty much pop up on the first page. Or alternatively, you know, the, the, the company I'm a founding partner of, Ohio Cashflow. Um, you know, they can also give me a call, 844-289-8876. And is there anything that we didn't talk about on today's show that you want to mention to the best ever listeners? Um, I guess, mate, just to, just a last little bit of a tip, you know, as we said earlier, um, focus, you know, on the trust and relationships more than the actual stats and demographics of a particular deal or area. Um, and, you know, invest based on the numbers in the deal and not capital growth predictions. So if the numbers in the deal make sense and suit your end goal, it might be worth pursuing further. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with the best ever listeners and sharing your advice from an international standpoint and then also uh, what you're doing right now that's making money. So thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Much appreciated, mate. Thank you. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.